Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, there you are. That's the music of the Little Falls Christian Center Band. And how I love the band and the music they make. They please me well. And if they do that, and they are connectors. I call them not musicians, but connectors. They connect all of us to God. And if you just go into that music and you let it just minister to you and minister to God with it, ministering unto the Lord, you feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I needed to say something, and I forgot to say this, that um, with Ed and Benny, they're looking for volunteers to pack food hampers, and they'll be packing from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday and Tuesday of this coming week. From 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., they're needing the volunteers to do the job of the ministry. So now, having said all of that, it was in late August of the year 2005 that a situation took place that was quite remarkable. Just prior to that, we had been on the Mississippi, more than myself, and we were in one of those boats the old showboats with the big, like big uh, fans at the back of it, pushing it forward through the water. And uh, we were going on the Mississippi and there was a real time New Orleans band there. They don't say New Orleans, they say New Orleans. And so there was a real time band and they were doing when the saints or when the saints go marching in, you know, I want to be in that number. And they're singing it and you hear all these trumpets and it's really they really know how to stir you up. And we're flowing down with the Mississippi River towards the Gulf of Mexico in that direction, away from the city of New Orleans. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, thinking of this, that on the side of us, they're like embankments or like walls. They call them levees. They're man-made. They are like uh, stopping the water from going straight into the city because much of much of parts of that city is actually under the level of the water of the Mississippi and therefore under the level of the water of the sea. So they keep the water out of the city by these what they call levees. And uh, Maud was the first to respond. And uh, she said these words. She said, you know, if these levees should break, then there's going to be calamity in the city. If anything happens to them, and of course, it was kind of almost like, no, that can't happen. Those things are very strong and powerful and all the rest about it. But it wasn't much later that we were back in South Africa, and it was the month of August, and it was 2005. And uh, in that time of the month of August, uh, there broke out the storm called Katrina. It headed straight for New Orleans. It struck the city with 275 kilometers an hour winds. It killed at that time 1,800 people. Uh, they were just gone. It, the force of that hurricane, I cannot describe except you were actually there to witness it. We were there before and we were there after. So I saw the before and after scenario of what a storm can do. I'm talking on the subject, subject of chasing 
the wind. And uh, so I was, I was absolutely fascinated by it, but it got worse. And I have a friend there, Pastor Dennis Watson, has a church there. They have two campuses, one on higher ground, one on lower ground. Needless to say, the water came through the levees, and needless to say, much of the city was flooded in the, 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 the low ground office of Pastor Dennis Watson. The water was, I would say, about six, seven foot deep. I, I can't remember that exact. I never measured it, but it seemed to me like the length of a man standing there, the depth of the muddy water, and the, and the water was toxic, I tell you, that came through from a big lake called Pontchartrain and, of course, with, with uh, adjacent and, of course, with the water of the Mississippi coming and breaking through the levees. And it was just such a catastrophe. You know, at uh, our harbor in Durban, there are huge drums. I assume, because I do not have the knowledge of that, so I can only assume they're there for uh, oil gas, oil, and uh, possibly uh, for gasoline or for petrol, and, but they're massive. And the same huge drums, even more and even bigger, were there at New Orleans. It's a state with a lot of oil under the ground. And so those things are massive. And of course, they get emptied out and then they get full and so on. That, that storm, to give you an idea, hit those drums and they began to roll. Now, I'm talking of something very much bigger. They like a, like a, like a, 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 an apartment block. It's like huge. It's massive. It's stories high and it's huge in its width. It's massive. It began to roll those huge, let's call them drums, reservoirs, drums, massive. It rolled them, taking everything out of its way and flattening everything. It took homes. There's a river there, a smaller tributary to the Mississippi coming through there. It picked up homes just like that, lifted up the homes over the Mississippi and put them down on the other side. That tributary, not the Mississippi itself. The main river was, of course, in massive flood. Um, I saw homes. I was taken by uh, Pastor Dennis Watson and his wife and uh, Maud and I, and we drove through the areas that was ravaged. You have what was like, let's say, a block of homes. You only had, the only thing that you had left was like uh, just the, the, the ground, like the the foundation layer of concrete, the entire house was completely gone. So you look at a block of, where there stood a block of houses, they were gone. They were just gone. And of course, rubble everywhere. Refuse and rubble, such a catastrophe. I passed homes and the army had come through. People had fled into the top attics of their homes. And of course, the snakes of the region also went up there, vipers. People got killed right in the roof of their homes. Uh, they tried to go up there to try and escape the mass massive waters that were coming in. And uh, they had like a logo, like a, a cross, but not a square cross, like a cross, like an X, and uh, with some symbols to say how many people died in this house or how many people did not die 
you know, what happened to, the, it, it was like a code system that you could only look at the, at the house and then the, the people would come afterwards to collect whatever needed to be collected and uh, those people had, who had died to remove them from that particular suburb, suburb after suburb. The Storm Katrina, 1,800 people dead. It is a thing never to be forgotten. And uh, it was a thing that got me going. I then phoned, I walked the floor and I was fasting and praying for Pastor Dennis, sent him message after message saying, Dennis, please get out of the city. Do you know what's coming towards you? It's a category five hurricane. And that wind speed is huge. It's going to flatten everything. It's going to wash away everything. And your whole infrastructure is going to be goners. Please go now. Your church is gone. Your family's gone. But like a captain of the ship, he didn't want to go till the last of the last moment. Finally, when the storm came, he was of the last people that fled the city to go deeper inland out of the trajectory of that storm. Well, all the cell phone poles were down. Everything that you can think of that was what you would call a group under the name communication was flattened. No cell phones, no water, no electricity, no nothing. And just there were people uh, that were now dead and there were people that were sitting on roofs trying to get attention, trying to be saved. The Storm Katrina, to see that thing, to go there before and after to see what it did was a frightening scene, the force of nature itself. Why am I telling you this? The refuse was flying. I was looking at, I asked a question this morning, what was uh, the largest uh, ever heaviest object lifted by a twister, not even a, uh, a hurricane, but a twister, you know, those American tornadoes. And it says, yeah, the heaviest object directly weighed was the RSS, Revolving Service Structure, of a launch pad number 39B at NASA's Kennedy Space Center, Florida, USA. The structure was lifted up on 21 jacking points, which between them measured the mass of the RSS as 2,423 tons that was lifted by storm wind, one of those twisters. I've seen those things pick up cars and I've seen them animals coming through the sky. If you look at those videos of those, those storms. Now, when I was a child, I had always had used this particular, in the Afrikaans language, because it's raised in Afrikaans, in the Afrikaans language, this one was my second Bible after my uh, can I say high devotion because I've been a Christian all my life and but there came a point when I made a vow to God and uh, I read the Bible through and through again the first one fell apart just fell apart eventually and I repeated through it but there was something that caught my attention and what I saw there is where I want to take you to um, I noticed the words in the Afrikaans language where uh where the the expression alles is na wind that says all is vanity that literally means something that's merely emptiness or altogether vain vanity worthless emptiness 
something transitory or unsatisfactory. Uh, you know, I looked at that and King Solomon, the man of wisdom, wrote this and he said, the sum total of all the works of man under the sun is all vanity and it's a chasing after wind. Now, with that in mind, as a child, I'm saying as a child, that bothered me, reading the Bible, because I'd read the Bible even from my primaries. I would read the Bible the moment I could read. And I had a bookmark and it kept shifting. My mother always checked on that bookmark and I didn't even know about it. But it kept shifting. I read the Bible. So, I, I, and I always got to these scriptures and there's a whole, you, you want to say a ton of them, there's a lot of them in the book of Ecclesiastes where you have these words of everything was just a chasing after wind. All of the works of man, all of the effort becomes just a chasing after wind. You read this, for example, it says, I've seen all the works that are done under the sun. Ecclesiastes is the book of reference here. And indeed, all is vanity and grasping for wind. The word vanity, I've explained. And then, of course, I'm going to take Ecclesiastes 2.11. I can go on and on. There's a lot of these verses. So I'm just going to take just one or two of them. And then it, I like this one to say that it says, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done. Remember Nebuchadnezzar, the king, did that also. He said, I looked at all the works my hand had done and all the labor in which I had toiled or labored, heavy burden, and indeed all was vanity and all was grasping for the wind. As a child, I had a problem with this. I thought, no, 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 no. You know, what's the purpose then of life if everything's just grasping for vanity or grasping for wind, trying to catch the wind, you know? Uh, wh wh what then is the purpose of all of this? I would not understand that properly until such a time as when the Lord took me and I read this book and read it and read it and studied it went through it three times, the New Testament alone, studying and making notes as far as I'm going, putting little things that I clipped and wrote down and, and uh, writing notes as far as I went with this Bible. I was just saying all the time, all with a small pen, writing notes on everything that I was passing through, and eventually it was set in my memory. And uh, I remember coming across chasing after wind, but now I understood what it, what it meant. Mankind, I looked at all the works that I have done with my hands and all my labor, and I think of how people try to increase and increase and become millionaires and become multi-billionaires and become multi-billionaires and become multi-billionaires until they're the richest of the world. And yet, he says, indeed, all was vanity. It was grasping for the wind. It caught my attention. And I thought to myself, if I'm a storm chaser, like I see and I know plenty of storm chasers through my life, believe you me, there was a time in my life that, that uh, it's like a period I went through of, of people that I knew in the early years of, of, let me say, my high dedication, committed Christian life. I just look at the people and I saw some, 
I met some millionaires. One of them down by the seaside in Cape Town used to race with his Porsche around those mountain passes to see how fast he can go from point A to point B and set a new record around those mountain passes. Very dangerous because the drop over those cliffs are high. I thought to myself, you know, here's this rich man now. And uh, of course, then calamity struck. And like, I'm just going to make a, you know, a general statement here that I've seen in general happen to several people that I knew. Millionaires became zero-nares like that. The business that they have built up and clung to, and it was chasing after the wind because naked we came into the world, naked we're going to be leaving this world, all of that in one go, gone. Maybe lost on the stock market. Maybe lost because the company failed. Maybe lost because of bad management. Maybe more lost in things like just happened in the country when they were looting in parts of the country. South Africa is big, not all of the country, but particularly areas of KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng, the province of Gauteng, the place of the gold. Uh, there are some areas where it also broke out these uh, uh, sessions of, of, let's call it lootings and looters, uh, just going rampant and carrying things off. And it was, it was an amazing thing to observe, but it was also an amazing thing to get on your knees and pray and combat that thing in the early hours of the darkness of the night to bring it to a standstill because behind it is a spirit that drives that. And I was after that fallen spirit, spirit, in other words, plural and singular, that was in charge of, of pushing this thing on and praying for revelation to come to the authorities of what to do next and to to strike the, the nail on, on the head in terms of bringing an end to all of that stuff. I realized that how people could race to grab something they could hardly carry away. And within two weeks, they're going to be hungry again. Within two weeks, if it was food that they took, it could sustain them for a short period. But now the shops... Massive stores, malls were burned down. So where are they going to get food? We've just been shipping now on the road right now. Again, tons of food going in that direction. It's just we ship it. Frank has uh, had a, a first truckload that went down to uh, KwaZulu-Natal on Friday. And we, we try to help where we can, but we can. But it's like, it's like seeing all these millions of people on this planet and they're chasing after the wind. And you know what they catch? They catch a storm. They catch a Katrina. And, and you know, that refuse, the rubble that flies in those storms can kill you. If you have a roof sheet, a corrugated iron roof sheet ripped off a roof or part of a roof, take somebody and hit him it could get decapitate a person without even feeling it. It would just go straight through and kill a person running in the road or whatever by the power of that wind. I saw that happen. And I saw people killed in, in, in um, yeah, dying in the Katrina storm. And I saw in a tell people died because of this rampage that was taking place. 
and you stand as the church of the living God and you want to pray. And I, I, I just have this super, super, um, can I say, urge to get as many people as possible with me to pray with me. Please pray with me on Saturday mornings. Pray with a group of pastors that I've commanded to be with me and, and, and given the instruction, you must pray. And we, we, we have these men and they pray for the nation and for everything that goes on. We got no business in criticizing. We got no business in judging our leaders because the Bible is very clear. No government is there except it is of God and you resist the authorities over him. Uh, resist him who put the authorities in place and will, of course, not have the, the uh, can I almost say, the goodwill of God in that particular situation, be in trouble with God, in other words. And uh, I, I saw all of this stuff happened and I, I realized, showing, looking at people, sawing, looking at people, seeing people, dragging bags, uh, some people, having so much that they can't have anymore and they they just breaking through windows and then came the fires and they burned down and destroyed and now they are sitting without food and now the country has got billions of our South African currency rands just lost chasing after wind and if you don't watch out who's instigating that wind you see there's a spirit behind it because I saw these spirits in visions. Because, like I've said before, I'd rather call myself a seer because what I see is what I have seen happens. Average two weeks and it takes place. Some of them are long-term visions that I've seen also. But uh, it's, it's a dangerous thing to get such a communication. You see it. And you desperate that people would pray for the nation. You're desperate, but yet you see them running like crazy after a business. I've, in the days that I was still working in the business world and I was studying at the University of South Africa, I remember how I looked at those people. Their jobs were like their gods. It was like their idols. It was like their first priority. It was like their first value system. It was like nothing is more important than my job. And and uh, I looked at them absolutely obsessed with jealousy and to get a promotion and to get to the top and people, you know, dog eat, eat there's, a, there's a saying of E.W. Stanley uh, Jones that said these words says, dog eats dog, blood on the, on the teeth of both dogs as they fighting one another to step over one another, to get out the top, to be the winner, to be on the top of the pile. Man, you know, it's chasing off the wind because there is nothing you can do about it. Let me tell you this. I want to just give you this. Um, and maybe I need to tell you this today, this verse here that is in Psalm 73, 26, caught my attention for the high value that it has to us who believe in God. My flesh and my heart fail, but God, but God is the strength of my heart and he shall be my portion forever. And now the words of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, when he said, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. This entire passage I could quote. In fact, it's part of my memory. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. 
for where your treasure is. Uh, there, by the way, this is Matthew 6, 19, 20 now. Where your treasure is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. See, so we gather and we, we spread ourselves thinner and thinner, frantically chasing after the wind and then reaping the storm. Because if the focal point of your life is not Jesus Christ of Nazareth, if that focal point is not on God himself, you're most probably going to reap a storm because if God's not there, tell me now, tell me now, who's going to say to that storm, be still? If Jesus is not in the boat, and if we're not praying every day about everything that we do, if the Lord Jesus himself is not leading the way forward, and we don't listen to our hearts, you know what? The funny thing about it is I am, I'm in fact to the point of such high compassion, I feel so sorry for those people that were so desperate for bread. But then I looked at the people trying to steal television sets and things like that, couldn't sustain them in this life. But they wanted to do that. I felt so sorry for those people that were poor. And I knew there could be so much done. One of the things that must be done in South Africa is that the church itself needs to be unlocked to start off with in prayer and secondly, to get involved in community development like we've been doing, trying to help with education, anything that we could possibly do. But let's take a look at this section of scripture here, back again to Matthew chapter number 6, verse 33, where it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness to be in the right relationship with him. And all of these things that can be uprooted by a storm. All of these things for the temporal life on earth will be added to you besides, says the Amplified Bible. The Bible says we can't serve God and mammon, the money devil. How much is enough? When is enough enough? How much must I have? You know, I have a hobby. And uh, through the years, every year, I'd go buy just one piece of a camera or something. I would save up in... in in, in, in uh, the time of a year, the span of a year personally, like let's call it pocket money, just little saving so that at the end of the year, I buy what, something of a camera. And then one day Maud said to me, you're going to buy that also, how much is enough? And that stuck with me because I realized I've had enough of that. Those things are not my value system. That's just a hobby. How much is enough? How many suits can I wear at a time? How many beds can I sleep on in one time? How many, how many garments can I wear on my body at one time? How much actually is enough? Isn't the kingdom of God, like Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you besides. Isn't that more important? So my value system had a tsunami landslide just change like a tsunami struck it. Suddenly anymore, even on holiday, cameras were not important to me. And they were just a thing that I did. Okay, fine. There's a lion. There's a zebra. There's a, what they would say in America, zebra. That's incorrect. It's zebra. Here in Africa, we talk about the zebras. So there's a, there's a giraffe. There's a this, that, and the other. There's a bird. 
Uh, you take a picture, I've taken stunning pictures through the years. However, hundreds of thousands of them. And however, is there any life in it? No. In a supercar, like a super sports car, life in it? No. In a super castle of a house? No. Can I keep it? Can I hold on to it? No. Can I gain that in this life, which I cannot lose, never, ever, ever, which is eternal life and the kingdom of God, the blessed kingdom of God, and be with the Lord and not fear. The only fear that I have to deal with is the fear of the Lord. Nothing else is to be feared except the fear of the Lord. And so, my dear friends, I say to you today, in the name of Jesus Christ, as I come to the end of this morning session, I actually have much more and many more verses that I could run through. But I need to say to you, I pray in Jesus' name that all of us, like Moses wrote in the two Psalms of Moses, Psalm 90, he said, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a wise and discerning heart. I think of that. I'd rather plan for the life of the kingdom of God. I'd rather gather treasure there than here. Just gather stuff and I can't keep it. You know, just can't keep it. I pray today that God would assure you, ensure you, give you the security that only God can give. Do not trust in man because man will fail you, but trust in the Lord. It is good and it's pleasant, says the word of God, to trust in the Lord and in him only. Pray to him daily. Pray about everything that you do. Don't be a storm chaser. At the end of it, you face the rubble. But be a kingdom of God chaser and seek the kingdom of God. At the end of it is the blessing of the eternal dwelling place of God, the city of gold, the city, the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, the place that Jesus went to prepare a place for us and make way for us to live and have a holy habitation in the Lord where there is no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, no more need of any kind. For the Lord himself will be our light and our sustaining forever and ever. I love you with the love of Jesus Christ. I bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and be gracious to you and grant you eternal salvation and peace. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.